You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with our guest, Nick Frick. Nick is a tech recruiter turned career coach and toddler mama with a decade of experience hiring for customer service teams, speaking with over 3,000 candidates as a tech recruiter and training hiring managers on how to interview. She's learned the ins and outs of what it takes to get a job you actually love without compromising on your values or your wallet. Uh, Another fun thing about Nick is she's also doing transformative retreats, which we will get into uh, in our conversation. But Nick, how are you? How's it going? It's good. It's uh, foggy here in San Francisco, but that's not really surprising at all. (laughs) When is it not foggy? Yeah. <laughs> well, beautiful. Well, well, Nick, it's it's such a pleasure having you on the show. Do you want to just outside of that bio share with us what you feel is your superpower? That thing that is just the the if you know world class, your unique skill. That thing that just sets you apart from everyone else. Mm, I am returning to a conversation I had when I had my first human design reading, and she said. Um, that I was a chaos slayer. And uh-huh. I loved to hear that so much because the way that shows up for me is when I work with clients or in my, not usually in my own brain, but for other people, I can like take all of the confusion, the career gaps, the, the lack of confidence in interviews, the what should I do next if it's even not career related and like make it into something that totally makes sense and see exactly what could happen next, like the next step. But not only that, I'm really, really good at holding the vision for people of like, even if they can't see what's possible yet, like when someone's like, I want to speak on stages or I want to write a book or start a business or get this job that seems really out of reach. I'm like, oh, let's do it. Like I, I see it for you. And I also see how to get there in small steps. So that's actually possible. Mm. Big, uh, bigly possible <laughs> bigly possible yes so no it's it, you know connecting the dots on the vision is something that a lot of us really don't know how to do it's it's a it's a very intimidating process and it, it requires a lot of thinking and a lot of conceptualization that you know mm-hmm. it's not natural for a lot of people so that's really powerful um so the other the other thing that I, I'd love to ask, as this is the big possible, right? We're we're all about making big impacts in the world. What, um, how would you how would you say that your business and 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 just yourself are? What are you doing to impact the world in a positive way? When I think about how I'm making an impact, it, it does seem like what you said earlier when we were speaking was like the small changes that we make. How do I feel like as a small person on this planet in this giant universe? How do I feel like I can 
make an impact. And it really feels like the ripple effect. Like I can stay in my lane of retreats and women's circles and helping women like ask for more, ask for what they need. And when that happens, that shows and gives permission to every other person that they come in contact with to ask for more and to believe that what they want is possible. And I see this like with a with one of my clients, we were working um, to work on her boundaries. She wasn't taking lunches at work, which is very, very common in all of our all of our work cultures recently and has been changing a little, but she wasn't taking lunches. And so we set up a plan to for a week, she would take lunch every single day. And the first day, Monday, she she did it and it felt really gross and hard and cringy. And then the second day she had to skip it because a bunch of things were coming through and she felt guilty about not doing it, even though both days she had told her coworkers that she would be gone. And so Wednesday she took it, but only half of it. And on Wednesday, another one of her colleagues also took their lunch break who hadn't been taking it before. And then on Thursday, she took a lunch break. By Friday, two more people were doing their lunch and another woman was taking a yoga break during lunch. So not only were they taking like this time for lunch, but another person was like nourishing her soul, probably her if she's in a relationship, like also helping create the ripple effect of like the small changes that we make to take care of ourselves in turn helps everyone take better care of ourselves. Oh, that's so amazing. That ripple effect is so powerful. And we never know like what the things that we're, how we're affecting the other people in our lives and just the energy that we're showing up with and leading by example. You don't even have to be a leader, but you just, once you have that uh, dialed in for yourself, other people can now start to take advantage of that. That's really powerful. Totally. Yeah. The way I think I was recently thinking about how the like joke about influencers online. And like, I was like to my husband, I said, I'm an influencer because we are all influencers. Like we're influencing how we show up, how people at work show up, how the culture is created, what we stand for. And when we're living in our values and standing up for that, like we can literally change the world. And that's what I'm here for, to make the big change, the small changes that make for the bigger Mm -hmm. system at systemic changes that are needed to to take us into this like higher consciousness that we're that we're going to absolutely it's and it's such a good segue into the the sort of the the thematic question of the show which is all about you know celebrating the big risks that our listeners take because ultimately what the reason that this podcast is here for is to give our listeners that courage to realize that you know they're not alone in taking big risks and and having a dream that they want to stake the odds against and and roll the dice and go for it. So do you want to share a story of the time that you took maybe the biggest risk of your life and and what was going through your head at the time? Yeah, I feel like I could start all the way like 20 years ago when I started listening to my intuition, which is really helpful. But I'm a I'm risk uh, tolerant and having people around me that are not risk tolerant is like a very easy way to stop myself from doing stuff. And so Um, besides moving across the country with my husband after three months of dating or leaving to live in Peru for a year, I think the biggest, the most recent big thing that I did, the big leap that was like the net appears after you do it was right after my daughter was born, right before the pandemic, I was nursing in the middle of the night and I got this like little message that said, you're not going back to work. You're not finding a job. 
And I was like, I live in San Francisco. Like I require money to pay rent. Like what's this all about? And so by the, that was in November. And then by February, one month before the world shut down, I quit my job um, and didn't go back after maternity leave. And knew that I wanted to take like a European maternity leave, like a year long. And so that rose really actually possible because the world shut down and I could be home with her and my husband could work from home and it made a lot of sense. But as I was returning to work, about to return to work as a recruiter, I find that, and with my clients also, like when we look back, we can see what other skills we have that are, um, easy to get into for different jobs. So as a recruiter, I had sales experience, HR experience, um, customer success experience. And so I started looking for jobs in there and tailoring my resume to each of those things. And as I was getting interviews and not getting that excited, my husband was like, what do you actually want to do? And I was Mm. like, don't use my question on me, mister. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I want to be a coach. I've wanted to be a coach since I changed majors from pre-vet in college to family social science. And this has just been a dream for a very, very long time. And it feels too big. It feels like I could fail. I'm really good at being a recruiter. I like it. It's fine. And he's like, can you just do that so that we don't have this same exact conversation again in two years? And it's funny right now because it's this month is my two year anniversary. And just like imagining that the reason I did this was because he, I had his support, but it also was this, when I became a mom, it like flipped this switch that I hadn't had before, which was like, if I'm going to be sending this perfect child to daycare, I need to be doing something that matters to me that like we talked about before, like I'm having an impact on the world that's aligned with who I am and what I want to be doing, not what another white man uh, usually in tech here in San Francisco wants me to be doing in a way that I don't feel like I can gain traction or, or what, like the big things that I want to be doing. And so I think because of her, everything just like became so clear. And I think like betting on myself has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like trusting that, like my mom said, when I moved across the country with my husband, before we were just dating, she was like, what if it works? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, dang, mom, what if it does work? And like, it's been working. And knowing that we can like trust ourselves after we take the leap, I think that self-trust of like, we're resourceful, we're creative, we can figure it out because we've been able to do that in the past. Um, that's my, mm. like, I could share so many more, but I think that one's like the most recent of starting this crazy business that I'm it's... in love with. It's so powerful. The what if it works question is so amazing. I, I have a chalkboard back there that I'm going to actually just like put on there for tomorrow. Just what if it works? Yeah. Because yeah. it's, we'll shoot ourselves in the foot so often because we'll, we're so good at rationalizing as people. This is what we do. We'll, we'll come up with a million reasons why something won't work rather than rolling the dice and going for it. And eventually when you have something that's, that's important enough for you, there comes a point in time when it's just, you can't ignore it anymore. And you have to dive in head first and just embrace it. And so, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, as, as someone who is also throwing retreats, I would love to hear mm-hmm. about 
you know, just kind of the, the, the impact that, that doing retreats has had, not just on yourself, but also for the, the people who attend, because I'm, I'm so familiar with the magic that happens from, you know, from hosting the experiences, but I would just, I'd love to hear from you. Like what, what lights you up about human connection and bringing uh, people together? <laughs> this, so this, I'm having my first official retreat in January. And when you say that, like throwing a retreat, I think of like throwing a party, like the reason I love doing this is because I realized that I've been throwing retreats for my whole life. Like I have monthly brunches at my house that have like they've morphed and changed to like, I don't care if you bring anything. I actually just want you to be there so that we can be in connection and talk to each other. And like the magic that happens when you get to meet new people. And I think why I love bringing new people together, especially in like a container of a retreat is because it's like this special place where like when you go traveling, you meet like random people. But when you go on a retreat, you're all there for the same intention. You're all there because you signed up to be with Noah or his leaders or me or the other people that I've taken retreats with. Like we're there because we want to share in the magic that's created and we trust that that's going to be possible for us. And I think that that like that they're going to take us to the level that we that you like at a retreat, the leader takes us to a level that we want to be taken to that we weren't even expecting. And mm. I think that is like so magical that happens with me on retreats that I've um, created and also like that I've been on. I recently went on a retreat for the first time since the pandemic all by myself. It was the first time that I left my child. She's almost three. And it was a, a retreat. It was called Juicy Ladies and it was in California on a river. And just being able to be with other women, both with children and without just like in a place that the land felt sacred, it was like we were able to have really nourishing conversations and nourishing food and nourishing like connection. And that is not possible in the day to day when we're applying for jobs or taking care of our kids or doing the dishes or arguing about the same thing with our partner again. It's like this special place where things get to drop in because we've slowed down. And I think that's what makes them so special for me. It just feels like I'm outside of time and outside of like the normal day to day. And it just inspires magic. That's wow. Yeah. Outside of time. I think that's one of the big reasons I particularly like the idea of going on a retreat because not only that, but you're sharing that capsule, you know, that sanctuary with fellow people who are sharing an intention. And it's, it's, it's really a special, a special environment that's very difficult to replicate in the day to day. Mm -hmm. What? And if, yeah, can I just ahead. say one more thing about what you said? So when you said capsule, what I also love about retreats is that a lot of times when we are in our day to day, we don't really get to drop in quickly with other people or like have deep conversation. It's pretty like, this is what I did today. This is where I work. But when we're in retreat and then we see those same people later or reconnect with them again, like it's, we so quickly can just like drop back into that feeling that was created then. And I think being able to continue that is even the, like the continued magic of, mm. of that support. So beautiful. Now, you know, continuing with that train of thought, I, I'd love to hear your 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 process for when you 
get stuck on something, you know, when you hit a wall, when motivation drops, how do you get support? Whether that's like from out at external sources or internal. Mm. I say that the, the first thing I do when I'm getting stuck is try to think that, oh, I'm stuck. I'm actually like good at what I do. This is just like a thing that, uh, is, is very natural, especially as we're like growing into ourselves. And I think internally, that's what comes first is like the awareness. I've been through like a lot of therapy, a lot of like personal training and coaching of myself. Um, there's also this uh, workout that I do that really helps me get back into, for me, being connected to my physical being, whether that's working out, moving, going on a walk. Like I danced to a, several songs before this because I knew that I needed to be here and like here I'm touching my body, not in my head. And this program that I do called the class, um, it's, it's like from, they are based in New York, but I've been doing it. It was the only thing that like held me. I used to do a lot of yoga in person and not when the pandemic hit yoga didn't work anymore. And this, this workout, which is kind of like spiritual hit class, um, really brings me so clearly into my body, but also clears all the clutter from my head, which is the thing that's like holding me back in the first place. And then similarly, like when I first started, not similarly, more externally, when I first started my coaching business, I saw, I sought out like women's circles because I find that when we learn the tools and like are in a circle or group of people who are like not trying to change us or are just and not giving us advice, they're listening, they're letting us be who we are in like the muckiness that was really helpful. So the people that I reach out to are the people that I started when I was beginning this business who I know aren't going to be like, you're wrong or like, you should do it this way. They're just like, yeah, it sucks. And that's really helpful to like be with someone who sees that it sucks so mm -hmm. that in service of like moving to the next thing. That's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, before we, we start wrapping up, I, I would love to hear some practical tips around um, the recruiting stuff, right? Because I don't get mm -hmm. a chance to talk to a lot of recruiters on the show. So, um, you know, from a leadership standpoint, when we're looking for great talent, because ultimately at the end, at the end of the day, it's like our, our team is, is leveraged to help us push that big vision that we have forward. You know, so you can either approach this from the leadership standpoint, like how do we how do we find great talent, uh, ver or if you want to speak to the as as a as a if you're looking for a great job, what are some of the tips that you would suggest? So I'll let you take it either way. Mm. Ooh, okay. So when you said leadership, I was thinking, I just had a conversation with someone who yesterday asked me like what kind of tips and tricks do you have for me if I'm trying to get into a culture like that has like a specific way of them wanting me to interview? And mm -hmm. I said, I'm not interested in talking to you about that. I'm interested in you showing up as yourself, because if you show up as any other person and you get that job, you're going to hate it or it's not going to be a match. And similarly from the other side, like as leaders, we need to be being very clear about what we stand for being like transparent and being um clear on our values because when people we want people to be magnetized to our businesses we want to hire people who want to be there you can like when i was working at whole foods i could 
train anyone to bag groceries or work at a register, but I couldn't give them like the excitement about the food or the reasons behind what we're doing, like the passion behind it. And so I think there's a really big disconnect right now of like who I should be in an interview because people are starting to feel like they need to be someone else when really on both sides, we just need to be who we are. Um, it, in terms of practicality, like the universe loves clarity. Like mm-hmm. when, when we get very clear on what we want, even if it feels wrong or we're doing it, the in like, if it seems like there's too many things to do, like choosing one thing and staying there, like, I like to talk about non-negotiables, values, and what you actually want before even looking at other companies. So you get clear on what you want and then see if the company fits that rather than vice versa. Because y'all, you can't get it wrong. And with like action brings clarity. If 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 you mess up or it's wrong, just like, great, you got more information and can go to the next thing. Um, But if anyone's looking for a job or actually looking to hire people, the first thing I say is just like, start shaking the branches of your network. Just like check in. This is like a very potent time or ripe time rather to just reach out to people. We miss people. People are like, oh my God, I forgot I missed people. Um, Reach out to people, check in with what they're doing, not to find a job, but to just see what is possible Mm -hmm. and what they've been creating. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, so final question, and this is really because, uh, you know, again, I love the, the concept of, of being able to push forward to your dreams, but at the same point in time, we also need to have some frameworks in which to make the right actions so that we're not spinning our wheels, uh, getting frustrated because things aren't working. And ultimately at the end of the day, the decisions we make have a big play in that. Do you have a a framework or a process that you use when you're making decisions that help you feel like you're on the right track? Um, yes, I hire someone to help me stay on track, but also, um, it's, it comes back to my values. Like, does this have a match with my values of like community living on purpose and like joy? And if those, if it's not aligned with that, then it probably isn't a priority right now. And recently I've been trying to just take on too many things and realizing that I've been doing too much, um, all the time. And so the frame, like, it just comes back to like how much time I have, am I resting enough? And yeah, I, I'm, I think that's, I think that's all I've got. That's, That's beautiful. Yeah. Cool. So Nick, how do our listeners support you? How do we stay in touch and all of that good stuff? Mm, You can find me on Instagram where I like to play the most at Hey Nick Frick and on my website at nickfrick.com. I'm also on LinkedIn at Hey Nick Frick and um, I'll be leaving. I'm leading a retreat in January and I can't wait to have your listeners there and other people who are excited. So um, stay connected at nickfrick.com. There we go. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you, Noah. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. 
that review will help other people find the show and it also gives me a signal that hey people are out there listening with that may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures and i'll see you right here for the next episode Thank you.